Welcome to Jurassic World. Welcome to the Jurassic World Minute, where we discuss Jurassic World one minute at a time. I'm so lonely, so lonely, feel like a bird in a cage. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And on this episode, we're discussing Minute 48 of Jurassic World. But before we get to that, David, after our talk last week about uh, seeming unequipped to go after the Spinosaur... Uh, Spinosaur? <laughs> that would be a movie. Uh, going after the Indominus... <laughs> Um, I got googling around and found the uh, escaped animal procedures for the North Carolina Zoo um, I probably butchered that name I am sorry I know it's got a bit of an American accent to it <laughs> when you, uh, it's sort of, um, links in the run sheet for it you can have a bit of a read for interesting reading um, mentioning that uh, the use of shotguns .375 rifles caption nets so they do use those caption nets and uh, mm-hmm. biannual range training and training with local law enforcement for uh park staff to uh, be weapon capable, weapon compliant and uh, all that sort of stuff so yeah it seems uh, like uh, even the real life zoos do go after animals with uh, lethal force if necessary and uh, while I was also looking I did find some stuff from the uh, the Perth Zoo which is locally here in Australia they've got uh, their procedures there on humane killing techniques for in field conditions um, for all sorts of different species obviously uh, shooting or putting down small mammals, etc., bats, mm-hmm. mice, and that uh, doesn't really work because <laughs> the projectile would destroy the animal. <laughs> Likewise, uh, you're not going to give a crocodile a lethal ejection because you're not going to be able to get close to jab it, <laughs> to jab it. So, um, <laughs> a good bit of bit, bit of reference stuff you're a fan, and a bit of an interesting read on how uh, some zoos across the world deal with their animals, both dangerous and not dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do know that. Some of this was actually brought over from the novel, and or not brought into the novel for the first movie or for the first novel, where Hammond had basically almost purely non-lethal equipment to go after any of the escaped animals, and they were basically included shock prods, um, and I, th- I think they were like rated for cattle, the the shock prods. And he also had uh, electric net guns and stuff like that. But Muldoon was really adamant and really, really pushed and eventually got the um, gun locker for, I, what was it, like, I think a couple of shotguns and a couple um, rocket launchers. Or no, one, rock, one rocket launcher. Yeah. <laughs> because, because that ended up being a plot point where uh, Muldoon 
puts the rocket launcher in the back of the jeep that Nedry then takes. Yeah. Yep. But I I never. Well, I assume it can fire um, a lethal payload, but I always thought the rocket launcher was designed more so for firing the um, the glass milk bottle sized uh, tranquilizer rockets, really, <laughs> to <laughs> to, uh, to get enough um, force to shoot something that big at the T Rex. But I'd have to reread that part of the novel. But yeah, it definitely was a big plot point of uh, non lethal uh, stuff, mm-hmm. Hammond not wanting the animals harmed, which. Sadly, it's sort of adopted by Universal and not wanting to see the animals harmed either with the amount of weapons we see in this franchise. Even that opening scene in Jurassic Park, everyone's standing there with M16s and shotguns <laughs> that we'd never see again in the franchise. <laughs> well, they did have the tranquilizer dart as well as the um, rocket launcher. They had the dart shooter that they shot Rexy with and with Gennaro driving the Jeep, and then they had a actual rocket launcher that shot rocket-propelled grenades. And I think, I can't remember if it was Gennaro or Muldoon used that to actually blow off one of the Raptor's legs. Oh, he did too. I don't know if that was when he was hidden in the culvert or not. <laughs> it was around there somewhere. It might have been when they were going for the, um, the lodge. But Man, that's another scene I'd love to see in the films. Oh, yeah, really. T-Rex chasing them down while they're trying to track it. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, a bit of a read here. As I said before, the links for these two articles will be in the run sheet. Think it'll scare the kids? The kids? This will give the parents nightmares. Is that good? It's fantastic. <laughs> Quickly before we move on to the minutes, uh, also from the uh, Internet Movie Firearms Database, we have a article, well it's not really an article, a reference here to the uh, the UTAS, UTS-15 shotgun that um, they say Trooper Miller here is using in this minute, it uh, starts firing on the uh, Indominus as it charges him. I do love in the thing here, it says Trooper Miller uses it to draw the attention of the Indominus, <laughs> where he's definitely got its attention. <laughs> In the uh, in the minute, yeah, and then any of the good kind. No, no, <laughs> no. <clears throat> but um, we're going to see a lot of that, uh, or a little bit of that weapon firing in uh, this upcoming minute. So, Dave, how about we get into it? All right. As we minute forty-seven of Jurassic World, ACU were getting completely destroyed by the Indominus. As we open on minute forty-eight. We had a quick look at Claire, scared out of her mind, as we cut back to the action. And one of the troopers thinks it's a good idea to fire <laughs> that net launcher. And he must have been aiming or practicing because he got her right on the snout. Unfortunately, as she's flaring around trying to get the net off her beak, trooper leaves taken out by a tail as trees fall all around her. At the 10 second mark, she claws the net off her face and roars in frustration and quickly dispatches two more ACU troopers by swinging her tail, sending them flying into the jungle. She quickly bites down on another, lifting up above the canopy. Blood rains from the kill. At the 16 second mark, a couple of ACU troopers are dragging a wounded away to safety, supposedly, as another trooper, possibly Trooper Miller, 
begins opening up an Indominus with his pump action shotgun. He fires as fast as he can, storming towards the Indominus. As she opens her mouth, past that 90 degrees and roars, and Trooper Miller is dead. At the 24 second mark, as the heartbeat flatlines, we cut back to the control room, and no one knows what to do at all. The 32nd mark, Owen turns and gives us that trail line. Evacuate the island. Claire, looking upset, says, We'll never reopen. Owen lays it all down on the line. You made a genetic hybrid and raised it in captivity, and she's seeing all this for the first time. At the 48 second mark, Masrani speaks up. You think the animal's contemplating its own existence. Owen replies, She's figuring out where she fits in the food chain. And I don't think you want her to figure that out. And as the minute ends, Owen says, Ascent Containment has the right to use live ammunition. As when the last minute the ACU troopers were getting destroyed by the Indominus, she was throwing them up against trees with a sickening crunch. And as we open on 48, uh, we get a brief shot of Claire in the control room with that look of horror on her face as her uh, cracked team of claw-proof vest-wearing troopers die one at a time. We cut back to the slaughter as uh, one brave soul aims and fires the net launcher at the Indominus and he must have been practicing with it because uh, it covers the jaws pretty much perfectly wrapping around the front of the head uh, stopping those teeth from doing any more damage but um, it causes her to sort of flail around and she starts knocking trees over and causing all sorts of other chaos and grabbing poor Trooper Lee up and squeezing him into a ball in her hand. <laughs> she just grabs him off the ground and squeezes him. Hey, he kind of pops like a uh, grape right there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But uh, she keeps clawing at the net uh, feverishly and uh, finally gets to pull it off a snout and roars in fury, and that's when her payback is immediate. <laughs> she swings her tail, collecting two more troopers, that were dumb enough to be standing that close and uh, sends them flying backwards with almost a Wilhelm scream there. It's not quite, but you could have snuck one in there. <laughs> uh, she immediately lunges down and picks up another trooper in her jaws and lifts him above the trees and above the camera. And in probably one of the most violent uh, shots in this film, uh, snaps her jaws and covers the camera in, a, in blood rain. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that. I will admit, I didn't enjoy that. Do you reckon it's one of the, the more violent, gorier shots in the film? Probably, yeah. Yeah, Dad definitely say so. I think more so because of the, uh, the blood and the implied what just happened, not seeing it. When you sort of compare it to some of the other gory scenes in the film, of course, Eddie being <laughs> wishboned is uh, high up there for me, even though you don't really... Well, you hear it and you hear the scream, so it's, um, although there's no blood, a lot of rain, but no blood that you can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie, they kind of do, I wouldn't say they go overboard with the kills, but they do kind of get some pretty violent kills in, in this, in this particular movie. But unfortunately that was kind of backlashed with some people. And it's the reason why we don't get as many good kills in the in Fallen Kingdom. Hmm. Yeah, especially when they're going for as dark as they were in Fallen Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, although we do get the the arm snap from uh, 
from the Indoraptor, so that's, that's a good one to look out for in the future. Mm. Uh, back on the ground, two troopers are being dragged um, by a third back across the ground with an injured leg, presumably from the, one of the fallen trees, because whatever the Indominus has touched, she's uh, killed. As the man is dragged away, we get an un- unnamed trooper here going off the uh, Internet Movie Firearms database. They say it's Miller, so we'll say it's Miller. Opens fire with his pump-action shotgun here at the Indominus, and... Either he didn't get the memo about non-lethals or a shotgun's not deemed to be lethal against an animal this big, uh, even though it's probably firing solid slugs, but he, he tries his best here to open fire on the animal. Um, it might also suggest military training here by ACU, laying down cover fire while they're uh, evacuating the wounded. And uh, that's when his bravery in the face of danger is unrewarded and... Um, while you can see those little impacts on the side of Indominus and it's flinching at each shot, uh, she still opens that wide mouth and charges. And I love, I wonder if he was told what was coming at him because the, the fact that he sort of walks forward towards it as he's firing, just that last defiant moment of, <laughs> I'm going to try and take you down with me even though he's got no hope. It's, it's something we've seen in other films before. I remember this being in the trailer too, just how, how far she could open her jaws up. And I, I um, re- tried to reflect that on the Hasbro toy as well, having that. I think that was in the um, in the ads, just how how wide they could get that jaw to open. Yeah, I do. I do remember that being a big part of the Hasbro toy, where you pulled down the arm, and she roared, and the mouth went like a almost almost uh, what was it like a almost a hundred degree open, you know? I think it was ninety. I think ninety. At least. Familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that being a big publicity shot, too, in um, Entertainment Weekly, where they had really dialed up the CGI model and released a publicity photo, and fans were adamant, absolutely adamant, that that was a animatronic. Yeah. yeah. And, like, no, I mean, you can tell it was CGI, but, I mean, there was fans who were like, no, no, it's an animatronic. I think it was more hope than... <laughs> Wishful thinking. Than <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think they, um, from the commercials, I think, too, they use the uh, the shot we get later in the mid, mid-50s, mid nearly at the hour mark, where uh, she's got the whole dry sphere in her mouth and crushing it down at the ground, trying to get to the boys inside. Mm-hmm. Funnily enough, Hasbro never actually made a dry sphere that you could put in her mouth <laughs> the best... Uh, Best one you could use was the Lego, the Lego version, but it was nowhere near to scale with that uh, Hasbro Indominus, which is a shame. But uh, that's what we expected, or that's what we got from Hasbro. <laughs> one disappointment after another. We cut back to the control room as the sound of the trooper flatlining can be heard. Uh, it's made to look like it's Trooper Lee, as uh, his um, uh, heart monitor flatlines, but we know he died earlier, and. There's not a sound in the room. Everyone's staring at the monitors in total silence, <laughs> stunned at what's just happened. That's when we cut to Masrani, uh, and the look of a man who doesn't know what to do next. He just sits there and brings his hands together at his nose and looks down quietly. And Owen turns, um, giving us another one of those trail lines, evacuate the island. And Claire, seemingly almost in tears, replies, will never open. I'd... I know we've talked, I know the fandom's talked a lot about uh, if they evacuated, if no one died, the park being able to survive and re- or stay open and all that sort of stuff. 
I just don't think they have the means. We will see later. They had to get cruise ships in to get the people off. Um, mm-hmm. there's, there's no, there's no way. There's no contingency for needing to evacuate the island. They don't even <laughs> seem to have storm shelters, bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, their big contingency plan seems to be just get everybody off the island. Like, what do you, what do you do during a hurricane or even a tsunami? I mean, they are basically practically on a tectonic plate here. And tsunamis would be a concern, especially on, like, coastal beach areas where people tend to congregate, you know? And we've seen from the ferry terminal earlier, the uh, the, the ferry terminal's only about six feet off the water. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. Yeah. I mean, then again, we also get the uh, Carol Bass, or the... Uh, Tiger King moment here. I'm never going to financially recover from this. Yeah, I don't think going underground would be safe for seismic activity. <laughs> That's normally the first yeah. thing that collapses um, or cracks open, especially with the uh, volcanic activity we see in the, in the next film. Yeah, it's just one of those weird things that I suppose after 10 years of the park being open without any incident, there's just no the complacency there. Of just we can handle whatever happens until until this come along. Even before the Hammonds Park opened, he built an emergency bunker just in case, you know? I mean, you always want to have that just in case. I know the Raptors probably won't get out, but just in case. Yeah. You know? I know the volcano probably won't blow up, but just in case. <laughs> and I'd love to, I'd love to know or think whether or not the emergency bunker was a thing before the uh, the Raptor incident. If that was something Muldoon was able to use to say to Hammond, "Hey, there's every chance these things can get out, and if they do, we need somewhere that they can't get into." Well, it also seemed to be used mostly for storage from what yeah. we saw in the first movie. They just had a bunch of crates and stuff packed inside of it. Even all the, but then um, again, I mean, the park wasn't open yet either, so you can kind of excuse it. Yeah, with well, with all the uh, the weapons and the um, the schematics in the um, the trays and that, maybe it was sort of being used as a um, I wouldn't say a construction office, but um, sort of like a general office meeting area sort yeah. of thing while things were being built. Yeah. And we've we've talked before about uh, zoo incidents. We have we have the mm-hmm. classic line in um, Jurassic Park about uh, Pirates of the Caribbean eating the tourists, but uh, we know we, we know there's been some pretty pretty significant incidents at parks and amusement parks in the past, um, and then being able to reopen. Yes, there's maybe a little bit of downtime while people need to be reconvinced that uh, stuff's safe to do again, but. Um, with with what your attractions are here, I don't. Well, they they were able to open Jurassic World in the first place after people died at Jurassic Park, so that should tell us to right there that yes, you would reopen. Um, it might take a little bit of time, but you'd definitely reopen because there's still be a large population in the world that hasn't seen these dinosaurs yet. And it's here Owen sort of lays it all down. You made a genetic hybrid, raised it in captivity. She's seeing all this for the first time. She does not even know what she is. She'll kill everything that moves. And by now, he's uh, walked up and got really close to Claire and Masrani. 
Um, Simon asks, do you think the animal is contemplating its own existence? And Alan replies, she's learning where she fits in the food chain, and I'm not sure you want to figure that out, or want her to figure that out. And as the minute ends, he spouts off uh, half half a line here. Now asset containment can use live ammunition in an emergency situation. Next minute we're going to uh, learn what that ammunition's for, <laughs> mainly. But uh... but again, going back to the first novel, where we where Muldoon was able to convince Hammond, okay, just in case. <laughs> again, going back to the just in case, the Raptors do get out. I want to be able to have actual live ammunition to shoot at them. Mm. You know, because I mean. In a way, Owen kind of acts like a mix of Muldoon and Ian Malcolm in this mo- in this movie, where he's the only one who genuinely seems to want to be prepared in the event of an emergency. Whereas everybody's like, "Ah, oh, now we've been running ten years, fine, no problems. It's just another accident. We'll, we'll get over it." And Owen's like, "People are dead." You, you need to actually con- consider you need to have evacuate and have real guns to shoot this thing with, you know? Mm. But I think it's interesting, though, his line that she doesn't even know what she is and she's seeing all of this for the first time. It kind of reminds me of the analysis of Rexy from the very first movie where she gets out and the first thing she does is go towards the flashing lights and start chewing on the squeak box. <laughs> Which, of course, Lex and Tim are the, are the squeaker box. But, I mean, that's basically what she does with the car, where she just kind of starts pl- turning it over and chewing on it, like a dog playing with a toy. Hmm. She's not really sure what it is. All it knows, All she knows is that it makes funny noises when she chews on it, you know? And that's a that's a thread that goes all the way through that first novel. There's that the the car incident, then we get to the lagoon and the um, swimming out after Grant and the kids in the raft, and in the inflatable raft again. Just here's a rubber ducky on the water, <clears throat> going after it, and then trying to get into the river to uh, again the um, curiosity of the animals. Mm-hmm. What I think the, the sadistic thing is though is that. Once she starts realizing what she can do, she doesn't stop doing it. She gets progressively worse. She goes from she goes from taking out an ACU unit to now she to um, slaughtering a whole 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 herd of Apatosaurus, all the way to sort of building her own raptor army. You talk it that way. Or explain it that way, I guess. Mm. Yeah, we'll have to talk about motives when we get get to there. If she's wanting to start her own team, Raptor Squad, Lead Body Indominus. And I know we, we talked earlier when um, when Owen comes on the scene at the uh, Indominus Rex enclosure, how Claire tries to uh, counter with the Raptors being um, kept in captivity as well. And yes, yes, you can have the social skills, but again. When those raptors are released, they're going to be seeing all this for the first time as well, you'd think. Which might be half the reason no one loses control as well, not just uh, the Indominus talking to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, we get the mention of the asset containment unit, or asset containment anyway, mentioned here by Owen, so that's the uh, that's the name drop for the movie. 
for the ACU. Anything else on that before we get to novel comparisons? No, I think we covered that pretty well. All right. Uh, the remaining troops uh, pick up their fallen comrades and stumble back towards the vehicles. One of them pulled out a real weapon and fired live ammo at the Indominus. The bullets pinged off the bony plates on her back and as she turned... Oh, bounced off their back as she turned to race off into the jungle. So it was someone firing on her that actually got her to retreat, vacate the area, run off into the jungle where... Here, we see her attack this guy. She's running mm-hmm. running pretty fast. She'd be on top of the others real quick, so you can only assume she completely destroyed any of those survivors and the vehicles as well, even mm-hmm. though we never see it or hear about it. Well, I think it's also interesting that throughout the entire scene, you can actually see the electric shock darts still lit up in her uh, mm. along her body. And I assume she eventually just goes off and picks them off, kind of like you would with, like, um, thorns or something. Yeah. You know? We'll have to, um... We'll have to remember that when we see it turn up again. It must be, uh... Oh, it would be the Gyrosphere attacking the, um... Mm-hmm. if she's got any still in her. I'll have to keep an eye on that. Um... Uh... Back in the control room, as they watch the heart monitors flatline, Masrani is the first to speak. God, what have we done? <laughs> so at least he's uh, acknowledging that um, they're in trouble there. And Owen says she'll probably kill anything that moves, not that she will. So a bit of a line difference there. But Yeah, that last line, d- does that imply that if, say, if you don't move, she can't see you if you don't move? <laughs> well... If you let the raptors out, she'll probably kill anything that moves, but <laughs> I think it's um, a lot more. And again, Josh Brolin giving these lines, she will kill anything that moves, would um, would definitely give like show the gravity of the situation, which is a shame for what happens with the next minute when he's pretty much kicked out of the control room for air quotes not helping. 